Hey guys, it's Josh from The Leftovers. Uh, just real quick before this episode gets going, I just wanted to, to disclose that uh, we know, we are aware that the sound on this episode is very choppy. Uh, we were going to try to re-record it, but you know, when listening back, there were just so many things that were said in this episode that came from the heart and uh, that were just you know, meant to be said in the way that they were said. And even though my sound is not great on this episode, Anshu's and Dan's both sounded normal. I don't know what the issue was, but I apologize in advance for that. Um, Anshu and I still will look forward to seeing uh, you guys uh, and, and chatting with you guys on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour, which we're going to combine with the leftovers going forward. But uh, being that this was Dan's last episode, he had a lot of great points on this show, and we wanted you guys to hear uh, what we recorded in its essence. And unfortunately, uh, it'll be difficult to listen to my voice, but uh, Anshu's and Dan sound as good as ever. So with that... Enjoy, guys, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined by Anshu Khanna and the man of the hour, Dan Bauer. Dan, how are you this evening? We've got kind of a kind of a sweet, somber mood mood here. Leftovers crewers crew. This is going to be Dan Bauer's last last. He's had a lot come up in his personal life and life and profession that we'll talk a lot a little bit about. Dan, most importantly, how are you, how are you feeling on uh, this year this year last uh, the leftovers? You know, a perfect way to end it. I watched the Indians lose, uh, and we can talk about my Cleveland sports misery. On our last uh, episode, as you said, very bittersweet. Uh, we'll talk about it here, I'm sure, in a little bit. But nice to be doing this one final time with you fellas. I mean, it is definitely a, a bitter feeling for me. I'm sure Anshu has some things that he'd like to say about, about time that we have been able to do this together. And like you, you said, and as we kind of saw the kind of thing come to fruition, is this, this leftovers thing is never going to die. Uh, regardless of whether or not the three of us are continuing to record the show or not together. And I will, will say, with all the bicker, bickering back and forth and me hating on, on your rounds and hating on my bang, my bangs, through it all, we've made good friends, and uh, it's, been, it's been, a, been a blast doing this, doing this with you. So, uh, but, uh, but aren't you, how are you feeling this evening? I'm great. I have no idea what you guys are worried about. I'm having a great time, just nothing but sunshine and rain. No, it's, uh, it'll be good. It's, it's uh, Dan's. Dan's the best, and uh, we'll obviously talk a little more about it here at the end, but it's been a fun ride, and I'm looking forward to just shitting all over the the Browns here in the next few minutes. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a clean heavy show. Obviously, we want to send our, our boy Dan off uh, the, the best possible way, and that's to talk to talk about the Cleveland sports sport he's talked so much about on this show. This show. But, uh, 
We wanted to just mention that the left, the left is not going to die. die. Um, you know, if many, many of you have listened to Anshu and I's other show, the uh, Underdog Sports, Sports Fantasy Hour, we're going to basically merge, merge the two into one. So it'll be the Fantasy Hour, Hour Leftovers, kind of into one show, a little bit longer show. show. Still be once a week, but uh, like I said, this 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 here is never going going anywhere, and uh, it's been a pleasure working working with you on it. So Dan, I, I, obviously, obviously the big stroke here in Cleveland this last week was the one one uh, with Beckham. He came out and did. Was it GQ or what magazine was this uh, article? Uh, yeah, I think I think it was, it was GQ. So basically, he comes out out basically trashing the Giants or a little bashing the Giants. It's more so just kind of talking himself up. I, I just have to ask because you're a Browns fan fan that that is getting accustomed to Odell, and you know you know if you're a Giants fan listening, you know that that, o, that what Odell Beckham does. But as a Browns Browns fan, I mean, do you have any concerns with him coming in with this type of, of off the field antics that he tend to pull uh, every so often, or, or do you think this just kind of you know him having to get to get this off of his chest before getting back to work? Yeah, I mean, he was clearly hurt by everything that happened there. This is to me. It it felt more of an airing of grievances. This was his time to to just let everything off his chest. Everybody who's played with him has said, uh, or maybe not everybody, but most of the people who've played with him have said he's a great locker room guy. He uh, where he rubs people the wrong way is he's just too intense, uh, too focused on winning, too focused on on perfection, and those. You know, sound like those cliche things you say in an interview, right? I, I, you know, I try, I work too hard and I care too much, and and that's kind of what Odell has has been known to do, and it's something I think the the Browns desperately need. How many times have have you ripped on me, or or our friends have ripped on me for the Browns and how dysfunctional the organization is, and and just how there's no leadership and how it, it's just a culture of losing. If there's anyone who can help change that around, you know, obviously. You have Baker Mayfield already starting to do it, and and his uh, and his presence there. You add a guy like Odell, who has just thrived on on trying to be the best he absolutely can, and, and it's definitely something that's lacked uh, in locker rooms here in Cleveland for a long time. So it, it does not concern me. You know, it's do you want a guy in your team just throwing uh, his former team under the bus and and throwing that dirty laundry out there? No. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that translates to him doing it here. I think that's that's, that's a fair assessment. I, I want to add you. So obviously, training camp is upon us for teams in the league. Those that it isn't, it'll be in the next week or so. Um, you know, this story comes out. You know, it, it kind of peculiar timing of it. Uh, you know, with with things getting underway here for the football season and kind of turning that that edge in the football cal- calendar, if you will. Uh, but but Odell Beckham, I mean, he said he said he mauled retirement at, at one point during his tenure for, for Giants. You know, he said said that he came out and said said that you know he thought uh, that they were getting primetime games only because because of him. And you know, I saw a report today kind of proving that that wasn't true. I think the Giants had three or four primetime games uh, without him. He was hurt, or, or, or I don't know, I don't know what the, the specifics of it was. But uh, what do you make of it all? I, do you think that uh, you know that there there's some, some truth to Odell Beckham and, and, and you know some I guess some sub substance to, to these grievances that he's coming out and airing. And, and do you think this, this will have an effect effect on us at all? I'm going to take a more balanced view. I think that, <laughs> I, I mean, look, Beckham is incredibly talented. He's going to be 26. He's going to be 27 halfway through this season. 
He's under contract for several years. He's going to grow up with Baker. He loves Jarvis Landry, their best buds from LSU. You know, they've got Munkin, and they've got a great, I think, a, a really good opportunity to bring these guys up together under Freddie Kitchens. However, let's not pretend to make this something that it's not or, or you know, bury some of this stuff under the bed just because it's Dan's last show. Like, look, it's, this is not good. Like, this has the opportunity to blow up. And, and that I know firsthand watching the New York Giants come into Lambeau Field in the playoffs, in Odell Beckham's only playoff game, by the way, he's played in the league for five years. He made one playoff game in those five years, and I know that football is very much – he was horrible, and for Mr. Tryhard, he was out on a boat the week before in Miami. Like, okay, I, I'm I'm never going to be the guy to really, like, bury a, a dude for, you know, like not being – that guy, you know, like for, for taking stuff too seriously or whatever, but like, this is, come on, it's the playoffs, man. Like if you, if you try too hard and work too much and practice too much, then you're not out in South beach, like on a boat the week before a playoff. And then they show up and he was terrible. And he admits that in the GQ article. So I'm telling you right now that this has the opportunity to blow up in their face. I don't think it will. I think there's too much talent. I think Baker, I I mean, Baker Mayfield, I I really do believe is going to help bring that together. And I think that they've got the right talent, the right coaching to really be a a really, you know, terrifying team, especially on offense. But like this also has blow up potential. There's a lot of volatility here. And I think that's what makes this team the most fascinating team in the league this year because of that, uh, that possibility. Like there, like even as a Browns fan, you can't just say that there's, this is definitely going to work. It could go the other way very easily, and uh, and I, I think it's out there. It's possible that it will. Yeah, I mean, positive I, vibes in the universe, aren't you? Get I just I have I have one word, and it's just it's just what's the point of this article article and hanging out at this time? This time, I just don't get it. Like, it, it, if issues with the giant office, there's there's probably a time place. I mean, he could have done this right after the trade happened, happened, and we all forgotten about about it by now. Now this the season is you know right right around the corner. Uh, and I just this is, this is who you're getting. If you're if you're if you're the Browns, you're getting a great player, one of the yeah. best receivers ever in the NFL, one of the most talented, pure football play players in the NFL, and you're getting some somebody who is going to do things like this, and and he's not able. I mean, Matt Johnson, I mean, I mean Chad Ochoa, whatever you want to call call him from the Bengals, we're, we're very similar. You knew what you were getting, getting you were getting some talented, but he was he was always going to do something stupid, whether it was for fun or whatever. And it was just the way he is. I mean, that, that's kind of what you're getting with Odell Beckham. So I'm not su- surprised at all by any of this. It, you know, you know, for me as a Bengals fan, obviously, you know, I didn't, I didn't like Odell before he went to Cleveland. And this, and this is just like, just why are you? What's the point of this? So I think it's going to be interesting, interesting, interesting storyline to kind of watch throughout throughout the year. Is if they if they come out of the gate slow slow. How does Odell Beckham react to it? What if they're they're not this this uh, you know Super Bowl caliber team just because they've brought in a lot of talented players? How does he react to that? Does he cause more drama in the locker room and room? And I I think that is a legitimate concern for the for this team because there's no guarantees in the NFL no matter how much talent talent you have. And this Browns team team on him is very young. Baker's had his you know issues off the field. We remember what what happened with Hugh Jackson and, and Baker. Uh, you have Kareem Kareem Hunt who's going to coming off of a suspension at some point during the season. Uh, so you have these these negative stiff storylines. To, to pair one of the most talent, talented back teams teams in, in the NFL, I, and you know, you know, it is. It's one of the mo- one of the most compelling to co- to, fo- to follow in the NFL right now. This was this was the year they John Hard Knocks, not last year, uh, and uh, and it's going to be for for out, outside fans follow this team's team. 
not not necessarily for fans of Cleveland, but for everybody else. So, so storylines are going to be fun, but yeah, will it or will not, it will not affect them in a negative way? I think I think a lot of that, a lot of that's going to come coaching, and you know they they are they do have a first first year head there and Freddie Kitchens as well. So that you know that's just all very all very interesting. Dan, why don't you you put a bow on this story for us? I I'm. Thankful you're get, letting me get the last word on in on this. I'm not used to that. This really is must be some special uh, show that normally there's just some Browns joke and right into the transition into the next topic. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you, you guys we'll make val- you make valid points. Uh, I will finally admit that here on my last show, um, the, you know, there there is a chance it does blow up. We all know this. Um, I just. At some point, you're due, right? Like the law of statistics says, you you got to catch a break at some point. So, um, you know, I, I'm just hoping uh, that somehow the dice roll lands uh, in our favor this time. I will say okay, just okay. just to put a bow with you. I I mean, what Josh said is right. No last think, word for you, Danny. <laughs> this, I'm gonna help, I'm gonna try to help you a little bit here, Dan. While things could blow up. There's also the possibility that they get off to a hot start, and if they get rolling, like this could be one of those, like, oh my God, you look up the Browns, you know, have put all that talent together, combined it with all the the coaching that they have, and some of the newer age stuff that they're doing, and a really good evaluator in John Dorsey, and you look up at the standings, and they're, you know, they've got the talent to win double digit games for sure. So, I, I mean, if they get it going in the right way, we saw the kind of momentum that Baker Mayfield led them to in the second half of last season. And I think there's a very good chance that that happens again for you. Yeah, probably yeah, good yeah. I'm ending the show then because I think if the Browns have a good season, Josh and I's friendship might be over. <laughs> I, honestly, honestly, it's better than Steelers being being successful. I just don't like the, the people on, on, the, on the Browns. I don't care if the Browns win. I, I, I don't like it at all. I, Baker Mayfield nauseates me. I, it's just the people on that team, the, the personnel I don't like. The, the Browns as a team, I, they're, they're, I don't have a problem, problem with the Browns. Go win and go win, go win a go win a Super Bowl. That's fine. Fine as long as the Steelers don't don't. I will be a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing we can all agree on. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, but damn, man, let's let's stay the Cleveland theme. Theme. Obvious trade deadlines is approaching in the baseball baseball season. Uh, we're we're really in the heart of things, and your Indians have been playing a lot better baseball of late. Uh, you know, Jose Ramirez mirrors things up. He had a really slow start to the year. You're going to pitching coming back with Gluber getting healthy. Healthy. I want to hear your thoughts on what is is going to happen up to this trade deadline. Do you think the Indi- Indians are going to be buyers? Are your tribe going to go out and find uh, you know some some talent to add to add to the roster for the playoff push, or do you think that that uh, kind of stay put and hope hope that this roster can get them there? So I think they're going to be a combination of the two, uh, and that's not me trying to hedge. I think that's just being realistic. I think Trevor Bauer's gone. I mean, he threw another great game tonight. Unfortunately, we end up on the losing side of that. It doesn't give up a run. If he's if he's pitching well at the trade deadline, you have to get rid of him. He's only got one year left on his contract after this. It's going to be – it's his final year at ARB. It's going to go up. He's going to get paid around $20 million next year. And he said he's not signing a long-term deal after that. He's only, you know, he's going to get twenty-five, thirty million dollars from somebody for a, you know, a, a year, year after year, and, and we're just not going to be able to pay it. So I think you, I think Trevor Bauer's gone, um, but at the same time, you know, that frees up some money for for next year, um, where maybe you can go out and, and sign somebody if you're not uh, if you're not paying Trevor Bauer his salary. Uh, you know, obviously some other ones are going to go up, like Francisco Lindor. Um, but 
if you don't have that big chunk, all of a sudden I think uh, that that opens you up to do some other things. So um, I, I am happy. You know, I, I said at the start of the year, I wanted to see what these young guys would do in the outfield uh, before we made some big move and, and not to panic. And it's looking like that's coming, uh, you know, doing pretty well for us. I mean, Oscar Mercado uh, may win r- rookie of the year at this point. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it looks really good there. Um, you know, Lupo and has definitely been hitting better lately. Um, so you still need another big bat in that outfield. So I think that's what you're looking for. The Indians have said they need, they want MLB ready talent. So I think you see Trevor Bauer uh, get traded for, for like I said, MLB ready talent. So they're not going like full on sell mode, rebuild prospects. They want MLB talent and they're going to have some money to play with, uh, assuming Trevor Bauer's contract is off the books there. Um, so you might get somebody more legitimate than, than you think, and it doesn't sound like they're going to let him go just for a prospect. So, and you'll see him go. I mean, Brad Hand's been talked about. I just can't fathom they let go of Brad Hand. Obviously, he's going to get the biggest return uh, with so long left on his deal, and just being arguably the best closer uh, in the game right now. So, I just that just seems like a silly piece to trade. You're still a contender. Uh, you still have so much young talent there. I just can't fathom you get rid of Brad Hand on such a team-friendly contract, no matter what the return is. Uh, so I think he stays, uh, but I think you'll see Bauer go. I don't think uh, Kluber's going to net the return he once would have. Um, so probably not a lot of moves, but I think you see Bauer for an MLB ready-to-go outfielder. Aren't you so, so you've kept a close eye on this NSAL Central case and Minnesota uh, play they're 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 winning tape. They they're gonna get, probably get another half game if they if they can keep the lead here in the eighth. They're up nine to five on the Yankees. He's uh Cleveland's been on they they've been on the move. They're they're definitely playing catch up here and they're in their three and a half games back as we speak speak right now. Uh, uh you know, everybody else has just fall, fallen up and fallen by the wayside. We we saw our White Sox come out of the break break and losing straight without uh, our guy Tim Tim Anderson. With the the, the two the torch race here here in L Central, do you, you think Cleveland ultimately catches just Minnesota in this division? Obviously, with some of the guys getting healthy that we that we talk. It wouldn't be the leftovers without me picking the Indians. I don't think so. <laughs> what the hell not? Let's do it. Um, I I do think that Bauer is going to be moved. They do have a year and a half left. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be on the at the deadline though. If it's not, I mean, look, they've. There's a team, we've been talking about it all year, but they bring back Clevenger. Now you could argue Bauer is their fifth best starter in October if they were to make the playoffs, and that is a scary sign. When you think about the opportunities they have to get better, who knows? Maybe they bring back Clint Frazier. Maybe there's another piece out in you know the, the Padres. Again, they, they made a deal with the Indians last year. Maybe they come together again and make another big deal here this year, and they get you know one of these – big time outfielders like Renfro or, or Frenel Reyes. They've got a lot of big time bats that could be huge for the Indian lineup because remember two years from now, it's not going to likely include Francisco Lindor. So if you could get something like Luis, Luis Urias and maybe an outfielder like Frenel Reyes for, you know, a year and a half of Bauer when Bauer is basically their fourth best starter. I mean, I don't see why you don't do that if you're the Indians. I think they've found themselves in a really great spot thanks to Shane Bieber, the all-star game MVP, and, you know, some of their other pieces, actually, sex looks good. And again, Kluber and, you know, Carrasco, maybe Salazar, you know, this, this team could end up peaking in September and October again. And I just, I've said it the whole time. I just don't buy these, these twins. I know that they've played really well. They hit the hell out of the ball in the first half. 
but I just don't buy their pitching at all. And I think Jose Barrios has played way over his head as far as luck goes. I think that he's a, a mega talented pitcher, but um, I'm just, I, I would not count out the Indians in the AL Central. Maybe they don't win the division, but I think this is a playoff team. And uh, I think they're a dangerous team when they stack all those pitchers together in, in the fall. All right, Anchi, right, let's stay. Let's talk about some other storylines here leading up to the trade, the trade line. A lot of teams in contention. Uh, who do you think is going to be the biggest buyer? And, and what guys do you think, uh, names, names do you think could be moved? Uh, I mean, I, I think that the Brewers and the Yankees are probably the two biggest buyers. Both teams looking at pitchers. You look at Marcus Stroman, probably the biggest name, Zach Wheeler, is another that's likely to be moved. I don't think the Giants end up moving Madison Bumgarner. They've been playing too well. They're above 500 somehow. And they're beating the Cubs again tonight. So, um, you know, there's a decent chance that the Giants end up actually being kind of like subtle buyers, somewhat like the Indians would be if they can't move Bauer. And, you know, I I, I think those two teams are teams to watch again. Wheeler, Stroman, um, you know, you got some big pen arms. Those, those guys will go to the Dodgers and the Cubs. You know, there's an outside chance you see like a Whit Merrifield get traded or, you know, some of these other sort of bigger bats that are younger, but it's going to, you know, the trade deadline doesn't generally see big names get traded unless they're rentals. And there just aren't a lot of rentals out there. This next free agent class isn't that spectacular. And if you think of those types of guys, it's like Anthony Rendon, who's not going to get traded from the nationals with how well they're playing or they have played in the last month or two. Um, so, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that you're going to see a huge, you know, Mark, I thought that there might be that opportunity coming into this spot. And, you know, the, the Mets are a team that I thought might be sellers, uh, bigger sellers. But with Syndergaard under control, you probably only see them deal Wheeler and, you know, maybe like a Vargas or something like that. But ultimately, I think they wait till this offseason with Syndergaard. And, um, you know, other than that, there's just not a lot of big names. It's just pretty much Stroman and, uh, and Wheeler, I think. Yeah, there have been some some releases uh, that have been talked about uh, beyond the move. Move Michael Gibbs, uh, uh, Ian Kennedy, but the, does that really really help him get over, get over hump? So Dan, we talked we talked a lot about trade deadline. We talked a lot about your tribe, the tribe top of the AL wild card. Obviously, we just we just talked about how close they are to the Twins there in the division. Division. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on how you see the AL, the AL card picture playing out because it is really close right now. So you've got the Indians at, at uh, plus one and a half on the Athletics, who sit uh, is, is the other wild card team right now. They're now they're half up on both Boston and Tampa Bay. Bay at the Angels and Rangers at five back back and six half back respectively on the, on the outside looking in. And so how do you see this uh, this wild card picture playing out? It looks like the Rangers are really falling apart. They've lost eight in a row. Uh, they just, they just lost their closer. Uh, they, they have not not been playing their best baseball. Of late, but other than that, I mean, those those top three teams they're sitting on the outside looking into the wild card or and striking distance. Distance. How do you think things playing out? This is going to be kind of a lame answer, but I see it shaking out as, exactly as it sits right now. Uh, really, you minus, think Oakland's going to stay there? My, yeah, I think Oakland stays there. Wow. You know, minus. Uh, you know, maybe it's Minnesota slides down there, and, and the Indians win the Central. But you know, Boston uh, just continues to struggle, uh, continues to underperform. There, they don't have a reliever you can trust at this point, That's uh, and, and I just don't think that it just doesn't bode well uh, when the temperature starts getting colder. Uh, and these games really, really matter, and every single pitch matters more and more. Um, it's not good to have have a bullpen that you don't trust and that doesn't trust itself. So uh, I don't have a lot of faith in Boston. Tampa's lo- lost uh, three of their last ten. I mean, 
uh, a team that that was really hot early and everybody was all over has just come kind of crashing back to reality at this point. Uh, maybe the news of them maybe having to go play half their season in Montreal uh, just just really <laughs> torpedoed that squad. Um, but it, it, I just don't see it happening. I mean, like you mentioned, uh, the 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 Rangers are falling off the face of the earth. Uh, the the Angels have just I mean five games is a lot to make up in a wild card race when you have so many teams right there clawing for it. I just don't foresee it happening. So um, I, I think it it sticks there with with Oakland um, and then either Cleveland or Minnesota. All right, uh, Anshu, what about the National League? So it's tight over there too. You've got the Nationals. <laughs> Interesting. That's in the national. Uh, St. Louis is the other team right now. And then you, and then you Philadelphia, Milwaukee, right on there, on there. He one back each. Uh, the Diamondbacks and Jackson Giants, who mentioned, are on a nice run. Uh, San Francisco goes one nine out of ten. Uh, they're both two and a half back. Back. And then you've got the Kings and Padres, Padres, and everybody else. Uh, what do you see happening here in the National League on the stretch? I mean, I think that the Braves are going to be major buyers at the deadline, at least in the bullpen. But they're they're a young team that's growing, and they're already five and a half up on the Nationals. I think that's going to be an interesting battle. I still like the way the Nats are playing. Um, I think they're just going to get better. Scherzer coming off the DL this week. Um, you know, Strasburg's having the best season maybe of his career. And, uh, I mean, I think that those two – could lead the Nationals right back into it, uh, but I, right now I still I would lean the Braves there. I think that the Brewers are going to come back and they're going to give the Cubs all they can handle. But I see both those teams making the playoffs in the end. Um, I, I do think the Dodgers ultimately win the West by you know a ton of games, and they're going to be plenty you know plenty well rested. So I think those are your playoff teams, probably the Brewers or Cubs as the wild card, and then the Nationals or Braves as the other and. Uh, the other teams winning their respective divisions. All right, so there's some baseball left. Fifty plus plus games for team fighting for for that uh, that wild card spot. Spot. There's still this division race races going on. And what better way way and a run like Dan has been on on here the leftovers than to talk Odell Ben the Cleveland Browns to lead off the show and then fin- finish it out a lot of baseball t- talk. So Dan, I know we kind of hinted hinted at the beginning of the show. Uh, you had a huge opportunity opportunity for yourself. Uh, in the in the baseball world, I know we've talked talked about uh, your coaching uh, of little league, little league on this. Show. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what it is with with your next professionally in that regard? Yeah, so um, you know, a very bittersweet uh, moment. Just you know, as you guys have noticed, I've I've had to miss a couple shows in a row, and and that's very unlike me. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, the real world um, and a very cool opportunity in the real world is just going to prevent me from, from being reliable to these guys. And I don't want to put them in a bad spot. So uh, I've accepted a assistant coaching position uh, with a local college uh, here in the Cleveland area. Um, and I will be working with outfielders uh, and doing some other miscellaneous things, but um, you know, potentially a first step into uh, maybe seeing me in Omaha one day, I'll make sure I get you guys tickets. Uh, but uh, very excited that. for the opportunity, as as you guys know, and if we've talked about. I coach uh, a lot of youth baseball here, and kind of through that uh, was was introduced, was uh, informed of an opportunity uh, here at a school, um, and applied and interviewed it for it, and and landed the uh, landed the gig. So I'm very excited. Um, so you guys will uh, get to maybe hear some uh, some more. For me, uh, on a few random shows here and there, uh, you know, if the Browns start doing well, maybe I'll pop in for 
a guest appearance or two, uh, but but I'm but I'm really excited. Uh, it's it's a thing that I've been working on for you know a very long time, and as as these guys know, and and maybe listeners a little less so, uh, just um, the opportunity to coach and to maybe turn that into a career one day is is definitely something that I've thought about for a long time, and and would be uh, quite the way to to spend a lifetime. So um, with that, I'll have to. To bid our listeners adieu, um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for a fun ride. I mean, Anshu and I, uh, you know, Anshu longer than me, but I've been writing or podcasting for the underdog here for uh, what's well, got to been like close to close four years, to three years, three yeah, three or four yeah. years now. Um, so it's it's been a fun ride. Thank you so much to Chris Warwardell for the opportunity. Um, I wish the underdog and you guys nothing but success. Um, and uh, but you know again, I'll still be around. I'll do uh, I'll do the occasional show or so. Uh, but in terms of a kind of a weekly commitment, unfortunately, just the number of things uh, that I got going on uh, just doesn't leave enough time in the day. So, uh, listeners, thank you so much. Uh, wouldn't be here without you. For everybody who's who's read every article since the beginning and encouraged me to keep going, and and anybody who's listening to this podcast and. And all my co-hosts along the way, whether it's you guys or some of our guest hosts, um, guys who filled in and, and kept this thing going. It's been one heck of a ride. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not goodbye, but uh, see you occasionally. Yeah, I must say that that, that was very well said. And I joke around a lot, a lot on this show, but in all seriousness, I, the you you were one of the busiest people. Know. You've gone from the political realm to the Daniel Bauer Esquire as, a, as an attorney, and now you're dipping your feet in the podcasting and the, the media world, and and now your next next opportunity is as a base baseball coach. And I just uh, you know far uh, you know, used to be here in Chicago, now moved back to Ohio. Uh, you know admire admire fact that you've been able to to, to have have success in so many different areas. I'm sure our our listener, this will not be, be the last time you've heard Dan's voice. Voice, but obviously sometimes in in life, uh, you have to just have to just you know prioritize, and 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 you don't have enough enough time in a day every single thing you want. So, uh, you, uh, you know, I, I there aren't you uh, give a, a, a thought, well thought out goodbye as well, or, or I guess see you see you next time. We, uh, but uh, like I said, this leftover over this chat. This is this isn't going anywhere. We're still gonna still gonna we're still gonna be hearing from Danny, whether it's directly or indirectly. Please. Uh, you know, I, I just want to thank you for everything you've done, you've done to help this uh, train rolling, and hopefully we can we can continue as you pass the baton, uh, con- continue to bring our listeners some some fresh content and as much as we can. Aren't you? Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much said everything. Just a couple things right, about good, Dan. Then. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> a couple things. First of all, Dan was the first person that I reached out to when uh, Chris kind of hit me up to get back into the podcasting and writing thing with underdog. So um, appreciate Dan starting with the blog thing. And he just, you know, one thing I'll say about Dan is he's just completely fearless and he just does stuff no matter what anyone says. And I've always admired that about him. Um, even when, you know, like it's writing every week, once a week, just, you know, working at it and, and trying to build yourself up. And uh, I just really admire that work ethic. And it's the stuff that Josh said, like they're trying a whole bunch of different things and not giving up. And also like just sort of having like a really strong moral high ground, you know, like the political stuff that, that, 
Josh talked about, I mean, you know, leaving certain things because they didn't align with what you believe was right. I think that, you know, this is a perfect example of that. You know, you, there's something that you think, you know, you have a really great moral compass. You feel like there's a certain way that your career is tilting and you're following it. I really, really think that's, that's an amazing thing that we should all sort of uh, try to encapsulate in our own careers. So, you know, kudos to you. Hopefully, we're able to get you back on here again in the future. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we will, obviously, and that chat's not going like Josh said. And, you know, it's just been been really, really fun. And, uh, you know, you take punches better than every, anyone I know. So just uh, don't get knocked out, man, because, <laughs> you know, you you put yourself out there a lot. Little Smock agrees, as you can hear in the background. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, you're the, you're the best. And uh, keep it up, man. Well, I'm going to cry on my last show. <laughs> You're gonna cry when the Browns aren't as good as you thought they'd be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, it's been super fun, and I like I said, I, it's definitely not definitely not the last time I hear Dan's voice. Voice, and uh, obviously, I think that 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 bro by by the way for the last episode episode at least this version of of the leftovers again. The leftovers isn't dying. dying. You and I are try to carry that torch, and and we just you know you know we decided it's going to be best to do that in a way that we have one show, and it's it's kind of the two shows molded together, which I'm sure you'll hear Dan on from time to time uh, as his schedule allows it. But anything you guys wanted to add before we let our listeners uh, get to their, I guess week weekend. It's midweek, uh, but get to the rest of their week or week, whenever you're listening. So I spent a bunch of time trying to think how I was going to sign this thing off. Uh, but we, I know Auntie loves a good entourage reference. So um, if any of you this little one, uh, I wish you guys success and nothing less. Sweet. I like it. For Dan Bauer, Danny Bows, and Auntie Kana, I, I am Josh, and this has been your last version of The Leftovers. We will see you guys on the other podcast soon.